Jeannie Flavelle's Hot Commodity Podcast Series. Empowering clients with commercial intelligence, supply chain expertise, and risk management solutions. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Mike Coughlin, President and CEO of McKinney Flavelle, and today is June 16th, 2023, and welcome to our Hot Commodity Podcast Series. For those of you that are at work or driving home, welcome to our podcast. I'm joined by the consultant to the stars, as we like to say, Jeffrey Rosinski. Hello, Jeffrey. How are you today? I'm doing great, Mike. Happy Friday. Happy Friday and uh, happy early Father's Day, Jeffrey. Yeah, that's that's right. That's this weekend. Yes. I uh, I, I can't wait. It's going to be a fun day. I'm going to go have some oysters is what I'm going to go do. I'm going to go to Hog Island. Have you put your request in with your family already? Of course. Of course. I did it last year and I had such a good time and it was a surprise. So uh, we're doing it again because I enjoyed it. And you you used to live in the Bay Area, so you're probably familiar with Hog Island oysters as well. Well, I like oysters, but I'm allergic, so I have to oh. avoid those, I'm afraid. Never mind. Yeah, you probably just sit there and have a beer with me then, right? I, I really enjoy them. They just don't like me and, and probably best probably best for me to avoid those. Understood. Well, hopefully you do something real fun uh, for fathers and all the fathers out there. Hope you all uh, do something fun. Um, Jeffrey, I thought today, you know, there's been a lot of activity with the Federal Reserve and uh, over there in Europe and in Japan with the banks talking yep. about stuff and and how to make sure we keep this economy going and um, but not, not uh, control that inflation a bit. So I thought we'd talk a little bit about uh, what's happened, uh, what they've announced, uh, what we're seeing, and uh, maybe even, I got it, wrap in some of uh, what might uh, impact commodities uh, from all this and uh, food manufacturers. So what do you think? Yeah, that's. I think that sounds good. Normally, I'm usually talking about cocoa or the dairy markets, but we can right. talk a little bit more about general economy. And I think there was a good technical piece written by our own um, Sean Bingham earlier in the week yeah. that talked about the CPI numbers. So we can kind of build upon and talk about that or expand upon that a little bit more, if that sounds good to you. I love it. Yeah. And, and Sean has that daily, uh, if you're an IQ sub premium subscriber, you're getting it uh, on IQ. Uh, he comes out with a daily technical analysis on the economy and what's happening. So uh, if you're interested, go ahead and reach out to us. But uh, for those that don't know, CPI, Consumer Price Index, and PPI, Producer Price Index, is what we're talking about today. So I'm going to let you take it from here. Yeah, those are the, the two main benchmarks that they've been watching in terms of an inflation standpoint. And we had three different um, central bank committees meet this last week. Uh, the first and, and the one we'll talk about probably the most is the Federal Reserve, but we also had the European Central Bank. And then finally, later in the week, uh, the Japanese Central Bank kind of meet and talk about um, interest rates and where they see the economy going and where they see inflation rates going. So, so Mike, any guesses on what happened with those three different uh, committee meetings? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm, I've read your stuff, so I, I, I would have to be <laughs> cheating here, but I think what, uh, maybe a slowing of inflation. Yeah. So, I mean, you hit the nail on the head and they've been, and you, you already alluded to this earlier, um, on this call, but they've been trying to orchestrate this soft landing, which is sort of like yeah. walking that tightrope where you're trying to slow the economy down. You're trying to slow the pace of inflation without wrecking it at the same time and sending the whole, you know, the economy into a, into a recessionary time period. 
And uh, this last meeting was an interesting one because they, you know, they talked about it as being a hawkish pause. So the commentary coming out of the Federal Reserve was still about there may be a potential need down the line to raise interest rates a further 25 or maybe two 25 point hikes between now and the end of the year. So I think they're clearly telegraphing or signaling that, you know, anyone that was hoping or optimistic that we may see a rate cut um, in the latter part of this year, I think that's pretty much off the table, I would think at this point. Um, But the good news was that they didn't raise interest rates after 10 increases. And we had, Mm. you know, we started on this kind of very hawkish um, kind of um, bent that the Federal Reserve has been on in the early summer or, you know, late spring of last year. And we saw 10 consecutive hikes and they went from effectively a rate of zero or a fraction of a percent up to where we are today at five and a quarter. And they decided to pause at this at this moment in time. And the two numbers you just talked about, we'll, we'll talk about the CPI first. Um, that you know came down to uh, an annualized or a rolling 12-month rate of 4% uh, when you okay. look at that um, core rate. X food and energy was a little bit higher than that, you know, five and change. So that I think they'd still like to see that come down a little bit. Um, and then the other number that came out on the second day um, of the Federal Reserve meeting, the day they actually announced policy was the PPI number. Um, The analysts have been expecting a a rise annually of 1.4%, and I'm happy to report that we came in softer than that at 1.1%. So clearly, I think the actions that the Federal Reserve has taken over the last 12 months are starting to have an impact with bringing prices back under control. If you remember, you know, last year at this time in in June of 2022, we came in in excess of 9% on an annualized CPI number. So we're we're less than half of of where we were a year ago. And we continue to see that rate come down nicely, which is, which is, you know, happy to, uh, to report on. So the consumers are paying more, but not as the percentage is lower than what we were paying last year on the increase. Yeah, that, that X food and energy, I think, is the telling one where that came in at, okay. I think, 5.3%. And energy is not a big surprise because we all know that the price of energy, because of you know the outlook for the economy, um, you know Saudi Arabia has been trying to um, implement further cuts of, of extraction of, of oil um, to try to you know, support the price of, of, uh, of crude oil here in the, uh, in, in the world. But um, I think food at the grocery store has been the other one that's been plaguing you know mm. consumers when they go there. Everyone is aware when they go food shopping, they're paying more for you know the you know the the things that they normally buy in the grocery store. And we we've talked about this on, on previous podcasts, whether it's the price of eggs or dairy or or meat. You know, everyone has seen that inflationary impact, but you know prices are slowly coming back down. I would say that the three main problem areas that the Federal Reserve is watching. Um, jobs or you know the the jobless mm-hmm. rate is one we're we're in an economy that's still at for all intents and purposes you know full employment um not that they want to induce you know job cuts or you know increase the, the unemployment rate but i think as you hike those rates that's sort of a natural outcome um or right. you know what what comes out the other side of that um housing is another thing they've been watching where the price of you know of housing is finally i think um, starting to abate it's it's kind of topped out and I think what's mm-hmm. needed now, given that mortgage rates, whether you talk about a 15 or a 30 year rate, um, that was it previously a year ago at three and maybe a half percent, three and three quarter yeah. percent, that's more than double. So, you know, now yeah. now to get a, a mortgage, whether you're talking about a 15 or a 30 year, you're probably paying like six and three quarters or closer to seven percent. 
It is it is much I will say this, it is much higher, obviously double what we were seeing. But yep. but you know, Jeffrey, you and I will still get the comment from our fathers that uh back in the seventies they paid fourteen percent for their house uh, on an interest rate. I don't know if you still you get that from your Oh family. no Yeah, no no doubt. It's all it's all relative. It's all but right. I think the, the the thing that's supporting housing now is you have a lot of people who have not been wanting to put their house on the market because they know once they do that they're gonna be um giving up or sacrificing their very attractive mortgage rate they may have today yeah. and when they refi or move someplace else, that mortgage rate is going to double and it's going to f- affect affordability. For sure. We haven't really seen that translate into a significant reduction in home values yet. I think the Federal Reserve is sort of, you know, they decided to pause this meeting because they're still digesting those numbers. Back on that, you know, I talked about the jobs number, um, the jobless claims. You know, I think the the most recent expectations were 240,000 increase over the last two weeks. And I think we surpassed that number in the previous two weeks on the jobless, you know, jobless claims report. So we might start, you know, seeing an uptick in the unemployment rate. And then the last item I think the Federal Reserve has talked about is the price of automobiles or cars, mm. whether you talk about new or used, where that has also been um, pervasively high in the marketplace. So Absolutely. all of those, I think, are impacting that inflationary number as well. Absolutely. Okay. And um, do you want to go a little bit further into the producer price index uh, and, and what that uh, is, is indicating for us out there? Yeah, sure. So you know, CPI, where that's the, the price that consumers are paying when they go out shopping for mm-hmm. goods or services, the PPI, think of that as like a wholesale number. So that's the price of raw materials that manufacturers are paying for the raw goods that they're using as inputs for their manufacturing process. Um, that on a, on a 12-month annualized basis is coming in at a nominal 1.1%, which was lower than expected. So that's good news. That's, I think, yeah. going to be a precursor to what you know, to expect on the, on the CPI front. So the fact that that has come down now um, you know, in, you know, I think the last 11 months now, it's come down every month over the last 11 months. That's a, that's a good sign that at this point, the Federal Reserve may be winding down its need to you know, hike rates further. I'm not ruling out the possibility that they may have to implement in another quarter point or maybe you know, two, you know, two quarter point hikes between now and the end of the year. But we seem to be coming you know, near the end of that cycle at, at this point, okay. which is a little bit different than I think the, the, the data coming out of the European Central Bank, which we, we can you know, kind of switch now. Let's, let's shift over there. Yeah, let's, let's jump over the pond and talk about uh, what, what happened in Europe. So um, of the three central bank meetings, um, Europe was the was the out, outlier. So you know it, both the Japanese and the uh, the Federal Reserve Bank here in the United States um, you know paused and they left rates unchanged at their at their meetings this week. The European Central Bank raised rates by a quarter point and now they're at three and a half percent. It's interesting to note that. Um, their interest rates are two, you know, almost two percentage points lower than our rate. You know, what rates are right mm-hmm. now for the overnight lending rate, but at the same time, their rate of inflation is two percent higher than ours is. So our wow. CPI number came in at four percent. Um, they're running, you know, closer to six, six and change. So they're, you know, and these the European Central Bank alluded to the fact that they're seeing a, a, a much more um, kind of pervasive inflationary environment. So they were talking much more hawkishly and the need to do further uh, rate increases, um, not only in the months ahead, but in the next couple of years. They kind of you know, cited higher baseline uh, rates of inflation. They're expecting not only for the balance of this year, for the next six months, but really for the next two years beyond this. So they were talking about both you know, higher, higher interest rates in 2024 as well as 2025. And um, so wrapping all this up, I mean, 
what is uh, how is this impacting uh, food manufacturing? You think, and and maybe people buying stuff at the grocery store, and what do you think is going to happen moving forward? Well, I, I don't know necessarily, Mike, whether we've seen all of the price escalation, you know, work through the supply chain okay. yet. Uh, I think that'll be, you know, people will see that gradually over the next six months. But I think, you know, by the end of this year, I think most of the price increases that um, producers have wanted to implement or take will be will be in place. Um, it will definitely impact consumption. So I mm-hmm. think people, you know, the, the, their dollars will not necessarily stretch or go as far. Um, they won't curtail or stop buying altogether, but I think the amount that they buy may be may be affected. So I think we're we're likely to see a slowing pace of you know, GDP growth and overall you know consumption rates um, that that take place, and um, hopefully that will then ultimately lead to some measure of price decreases. I know that you know, they're expecting you know housing prices, car prices to start to ebb and start to move a little bit lower, or maybe um, producers will start to offer incentives or, or discounts uh, for, for, you know, to bring the consumers back. Uh, the same is likely to happen, you know, with trade and promotion deals um, at the, uh, in the grocery level for on the raw ingredient side, talking about, you know, what's in, what's in our you know, wheelhouse in particular. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's balanced between what the consumer is willing to pay or can pay. Yep. Uh, and the balance of producing that food item and getting it on the shelf and going all the way back to what that raw ingredient cost and your labor costs to, to make the product. So it's all the balance. And, and I think yep. what you're saying is that, uh, you know, that the higher the prices go, the demand will start uh, start to suffer. Yeah. And we, we talked a little bit about that um, during our spring seminar where I know I mentioned, you know, tracking that IRI data or the Circanda data uh, where you can kind of track not just dollar sales, but you can track unit sales. And that's a, a more pure measurement of volume or of offtake on the consumer. Um, and, you know, just talking about, you know, one area that I track in particular on the, on the cocoa, you know, chocolate confectionery side. Um, that data is definitely, tr- you know, trending in a negative direction. So, mm. you know, I think the, the volume moving in that channel is down. And um, I believe cereal as well has been negatively impacted. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. largely a result of, you know, higher prices for sugar and grains that really took hold last year. And, you know, now we're, are fully implemented in terms of the price hikes that, you know, the major manufacturers have passed through you know, into uh, into grocery and retail. Right. And you, you and I have been in this business, uh, the food business for a long time. And, and we know with forward contracts and increases, sometimes those things are uh, delayed a little bit further or just uh, it's coming, you know. So uh, I think it's all a balance. Absolutely. Yeah. Anything else before we let folks get on with their weekend? No, just, you know, as one father to uh, to another, just one, and all the fathers on this call that may be listening, just want to wish everyone a very happy Father's Day. Hope you uh, go out and do something enjoyable with your with your uh, respective families this weekend. Absolutely. Happy Father's Day to everybody out there. We're going to wrap this one up. As I always like to say, live with an attitude of gratitude. Enjoy every minute moment with your friends and family. And until our next podcast, take care, everybody. That concludes this podcast episode. For expanded commentary and more detailed information, log on to McKinney Favelle's IQ Ingredient Intelligence platform and listen to our Market Insights podcast. If you're not a subscriber, visit bikini-favelle.com for more information. And as always, follow us on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter.